Sailing God's People at SailingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking about the mystery of the olive tree. First, I'd like you to join with us on Sailing God's People on the various podcasts and subscribe. We need your prayers and those that uh, want to be blessed in the outreach, taking this gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. Uh, uh, please, we need your prayerful support as well as your financial support as well. Uh, there you can see the ministry at DennisBeard.org as well as SealingGodsPeople.org as well as the podcast. The mystery, the mystery of the olive tree, and we see in, in the last days there will be uh, power given to God's two servants. The two servants are two olive trees, the two candlesticks. He did not say they were two men. Uh, the tradition of the elders that made the word of God another effect, and we find that most of the body of Christ thinks that we're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out before the Lord comes uh, there and then appearing the coming different times and then seven years of great tribulation and uh, then the Lord comes back again the second time uh, there after a pre-trib rapture. This is alive. There is a glory that's going to be revealed during a time of great tribulation. During the time of great tribulation, uh, we find in Revelation 10, 11, and 12, is the time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days of great tribulation. But at the same time, he gives power unto his two servants. Uh, these two servants uh, have great power, not only in redemption miracles of Jesus, healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, <clears throat> opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongues, the lame walk, and to captive going free, but also do the judgment miracles of Moses being able to turn the water into blood and as many plagues upon the earth as they will in Revelation 11, as well as kingdom miracles of Elijah uh, there that it rained not in the days of their prophecy, uh, various kingdom miracles uh, in the Elijah ministry. Not that Elijah worked the kingdom miracles, neither did Moses work the judgment miracles upon Egypt, but it was Jesus only. We'll see this in the last days in the great work of the ministry. We'll go into detail. Now, just set some principles in acknowledgement of the mystery of God, which from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. The mystery of God's will in Ephesians 1. It is in Christ. In him, through him, by him, that we have our being, that we have redemption, justification, sanctification, and yes, our ultimate glorification, our vile body being fashioned like unto his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. We're going to take our text in Romans 9, Romans 10, and Romans 11, and He's talking about Israel not being all Israel. We're not talking about replacement theology. Natural Israel, the nation Israel, uh, is the nation Israel, and the church is the church. The, the church did not replace national Israel, and we'll see that in Romans 9, Romans chapter 10, and Romans chapter 11. 
for this is the promises to the fathers, the fathers Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, etc., uh, that in Genesis 12, that God will make Abram, Abraham a great nation. Uh, that is the national Israel. And he said, if you, the sun and the moon and the stars with their shining, so will God break his covenant with Israel. He's unchangeable. And he said, I'm the Lord thy God that changes not. Otherwise, you sons of Jacob would be consumed. These promises are eternal and they are everlasting, uh, unchangeable. And this is the nation Israel. But there is also, because of the olive tree and the mystery of the olive tree, that the Gentiles, we as Gentiles, who were natural, uh, not natural branches in the olive tree, but were grafted in contrary of a wild olive tree. And the natural branches were broke off because of unbelief. And we have been grafted in, and we stand by faith. Now we see in Romans 10, Romans 11, and we see in Romans 11 uh, for a brief synopsis of what we're talking about in this mystery, and then how it pertains into last day eschatology and the last day events according to the oath to the tribes what shall befall thy people in the latter days. There's a sealing going on among God's people now, God's servants, in their forehead. But there are various levels of glory for each sealing. If you've tuned in the podcast, you have seen that we go from babies as a natural born babe's desire and sincere muck of the word that we may grow thereby. But the babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness, Hebrews 5, and therefore must grow. Uh, they're a full age. There from the babies we go to little children. We see this in 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. Known the Father is to realize in the revelation of Jesus that he is the Father revealed. In the name Jesus, in the Tetragrammaton, he is the yod ha ha He is Yahweh. He is Yeshua or Jehovah's salvation. He's not Jehovah Junior. He's not God Junior. He is Jehovah Emmanuel, God with us. That revelation of Jesus there, while he was in the world, he said, I'm the light of the world. Now it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. Jesus said, while I'm with you in the world, he said, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus talking to his disciples. Then he makes a profound statement. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That means that Jesus, in the days of his flesh, in his humiliation, that spirit took on the form of a servant through making himself of no reputation, not working his spirit. It's called the kenosis, where God himself 
put a self-imposed limitation upon himself to work salvation as a man. Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world. Death by sin, therefore by one man, shall my servant make many righteous. As the free gift is of one. As the offense is of one, so also is the free gift of one. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. We see that God looked for a man. As amazed he could find none. Therefore, he said, my own arm brought salvation unto me. Uh, Isaiah 65, 6. We find that God literally made himself a body of flesh and blood. Isaiah 43, 10. That thus saith the Lord. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. The Tetragrammaton, Jehovah. The Lord God. Then my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like another person, but it's not. And that's where we have to believe God. Isaiah 43.10 tells us, Thus saith the Lord, that's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. He is that servant. He is the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. That man is God. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I, even I, am he. Beside me there is no other God. I am the Lord, your Savior, God, your Redeemer. We find there that Jesus is that Savior. He is our Redeemer. That that said, there is a work that was promised to Abraham in Genesis 12 that God would make Abram a great nation and all the nations of the earth would be blessed in him. Then we find in Genesis 15 that Abraham says, I go without a child. And this one born in my house is not mine. And God promises him of his own seed. Now that seed, not national Israel, that's a promise of the nation Israel to Abraham. But Genesis 15 is a promise of the seed that seed that shall be counted for the generation. The seed of Abraham, of which we are in the body of Christ, the church of the living God. He did not take on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in the genealogy of, gene, genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, we see there's 14 generations from Abraham to David. From 14 generations from the, David to the carrying away into Babylon. And then another 14 generations unto Christ. But there is a revelation there in that seed. And that is in that carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Jesus is the 13th generation, and Christ is that 14th generation in that third division, or Jesus is the 41st generation, and Christ is the 42nd, which Jesus is the Christ. But that Christ is that generation that shall be counted for the seed. When Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled, he was not speaking of Israel becoming a nation in May the 14th, 1948, and then counting a 40-year or 50-year generation. He was talking about the generation that should be counted for the seed when all these things 
would come to pass. And that is exactly the promise in Genesis 15 of that seed, that church. Now, blindness in part has happened to Israel, national Israel. Why? Because of unbelief. He said, I'll provoke you to jealousy with another nation. And he has done that. And it's opened the door for the Gentiles to come in. We find in Romans 11, he says, in Paul being an apostle to the Gentiles, says, he said that God, if by any means may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, that is natural Israel, natural Israel, and might save some of them. Now, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. That remnant there of national Israel. He said, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, that's a reconciliation. What shall be the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Now we know in Acts 3.21 that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, which is that we know is the Elijah ministry in the restoration. We find that in Matthew 17, that Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. But Elijah has already come. If he would receive it, this they understood. He spake to them of John the Baptist. But John the Baptist did no miracles. Elijah in the last day will in that final restoration of the restitution of all things before the second advent. He goes on and Paul tells us this mystery of the olive tree. He said, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now we know Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, <clears throat> and thou being a wild olive tree, that's the Gentile nations. They, what, what advantage does the Jew have, does Israel have? Much in every sense, Paul said. For unto them came the gospel first, and to the Jew, then to the Greek. And therefore, the ordinances there and the statutes and commandments were given to national Israel. But because of their unbelief, God said, I'll provoke you to jealousy. There, he said, we as Gentiles were grafted in among them and were then partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Now, there's only one tree here, not two. Somebody said, well, there's two olive trees in Revelation 11. Yes, and there's only one church. But then that is the, the golden candlestick of the menorah. So we're going to see that there's two branches and two olive trees, not four witnesses, not two plus two. But these are symbolic. I and mean, there's a mystery there that we need to see. And as we look at it, it's going to, by understanding Paul's writing here to the church, we're going to see that it's going to give us light about the olive trees and the two golden candlesticks in Revelation 11. Boast not against the branches. In other words, Gentiles, you have no right to boast. 
But if thou boast, there bearest you don't bear the root, but the root thee. Then will you say, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. In other words, you stand by faith, but don't be high-minded and proud of it. Because it was simply because of their unbelief that you were grafted in. Because that fullness of the Gentiles and the fullness of salvation when it comes in will return back to natural Israel again. And he says, For if God spare not those natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not you. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them that fell severity. But toward you, us, the Gentiles, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. Now, what is that goodness? That goodness is the godliness, the God life. Only God is good. So we have to add to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Godliness is the God life. And if thou knowest to do good and doest it not, to you it is sin. Therefore, if we are to manifest the good works and glorify our Lord Jesus, which is in heaven, if we continue in his goodness, walking in the light as he is in the light, standing in, the, in that faith and the power of his might, not ours. And they also, that is natural Israel, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. So that gospel is open to all that will hear Repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that's born of the water and the Spirit, whosoever has an ear to hear. Let him hear, for God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Paul goes on, For if you were cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and you were grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive tree. How much more shall these, national Israel, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, this olive tree mystery, national Israel and the church, not replacement theology, where God has just forgotten, written off, written off his people, uh, national Israel, and the church has totally replaced it. But there is still a national Israel. There is the church. But one does not replace the other, as we shall see. He said, I wouldn't have you ignorant of this mystery. Lest you should be wise in your own conceits, thinking, well, now we're the chosen of God. God put them away, now we're it. That blindness in part happened to Israel, national Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. 
until that fullness of salvation of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. Now we're going to see from Isaiah 60 to Isaiah 66 that shall a nation be birthed at once for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. This is not the man child of Revelation 12. This is the national Israel being birthed in a moment, in a day. The fullness of that will be birthed and that nation Israel will be birthed at once. Somebody said, well, that's May the 14th, 1948. No, I'm talking about the time when Israel will be over all the earth and all nations of the earth will be blessed in Israel. A promise in Genesis 12. Not just that Israel is existing and being hated of all nations, but all nations serving her. Genesis 12, my friend. All Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, national Israel. For this is my covenant with them. It's a covenant for the nation Israel to all the earth being blessed in her. Genesis 12. When I shall take away their sins. Now it's concerning the gospel. They are enemies for your sakes. They literally are enemies for the Gentiles' sake. But as touching the election, this is uh, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. But we're not talking about the church. We're talking about the nation Israel. And that is the reason why for the promises to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph for the fathers that in Israel all nations of the earth and the world will be blessed in her. And that is the kingdom age when Jesus himself will reign and rule in the restitution of all things in this reconciliation. And we're going to see that in a few minutes there of the millennial reign of Christ Jesus. He says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Why? This is they are beloved for the Father's sake. And that's a small f. Fathers there being plural, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the patriarchs, all of Israel through the ages there are God's chosen people for that promise of Genesis 12 to Abraham of a nation. Genesis 15, the seed, the church being the seed of Abraham, the father of faith. So now we have national Israel and spiritual Israel. In Romans 2, 28 and 29, he is not a Jew that is one outwardly and the circumcision in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly the circumcision of the heart in the spirit whose praise is not of man but of God. Romans 2, 28 and 29. That is uh, the spiritual Israel now that is open 
to natural Israel if they will believe and turn from their unbelief, they can still be grafted in as a natural olive branches into their own natural olive tree. Now we're going to find in Revelation 11, there's a reed like unto a rod given to mean, saying, Rise, measure the temple, temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out, measure it not, for it's given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city should be trodden underfoot 42 months. Time, times and a half, three and a half years, 1,203 score days. That is the last end of the indignation. And at that time, he gives power unto his two servants. At this time, they're going to prophesy for 42 months. Why are they prophesying? Why are they called prophets? Because they're going to prophesy out of the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. But it requires a growth. It requires a growth from little children now to overcomers. That's the reason why in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, you see that Jesus is speaking to John to write to him that overcometh will I grant to eat of the tree of life. They will I grant uh, to uh, rule the nations as of uh, rod given unto the rule of nations as a vessel of potter shall be beaten to shivers. I'll give him the morning star. All I'll give him uh, you know uh, the, the hidden manna. Uh, I'll give him a stone a white stone wherein is a new name written that only he knows that received. That's only to the overcomer. That is not, that is not, and again, I want to reiterate that, that is not for the babies, the newborn babes. That is not for the little children. This is for the ones that have grown from babies, the newborn babes, to little children, now to grown to overcomers. And we find this not only in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, but in Exodus 28 for the priest garments, the high priest garments for glory and beauty. And it is so significant, essential, urgent that the body of Christ sees that we must grow in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ into the same image of Jesus that we all may be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. That is the reason why 1 John 2, 12 through 14, John is focusing and speaking to the various levels of glory. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I write unto you little children because you've known the Father. Well, there's two criteria there. Your sins have been forgiven. You've been born of the water and the spirit. That's not by asking Jesus to come into your heart or raise your hand if you love Jesus, if you want to ask him into your heart. No, you must be born of the water and the spirit. There's only one way to do that. Peter was given the keys to the kingdom and on the day of Pentecost, they were pricked in their heart. They had received the Holy Ghost. They came a sound of rushing mighty wind, club of tongues of fire appeared, sat on each one of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the, utter, the utterance. At that point, these men were drunken, not as you suppose, being in the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning, but this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, the last day saith God, I pour out my Spirit. Well, that's the Holy Ghost given a Joel 2 prophecy in the former reign, not the latter reign, the former reign. The book of Acts is a former reign. 
But now he's going to cause to come down the last great rain of this strength called the latter rain. Zechariah 10, 1, ask of, your rain of the, ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So will the Lord make bright clouds and forth showers to everyone grass in the field. Now that latter rain has a strength of the former and the latter. He said, I'll make the glory of that latter house greater than that of the former. That's where we are now, but to whom much is given, much is required. We've got to go higher. There, the embryonic church, they were pricked in their heart. And they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Not shall we do, or is this something maybe we should do? What must we do? Acts 2.37. Peter, standing up along with the other 11, all of them preaching one mind and one accord, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, which is a name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which those are titles, but the, the name, the name, not an attribute, the name, the essence, the name is Jesus, who is Christ, Yeshua, Homoshiach. Jesus, the Christ, that is the name now, repent, not just repentance. Many have said, well, just repent and you're saved. No, godly sorrow work the repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. But it's not salvation. Godly sorrow worketh uh, repentance. It works repentance unto salvation. Repentance is not salvation. It's a step, but it is not salvation. You must be born of the water and the spirit. John 3. Peter tells us how, given the keys of the kingdom in Matthew 16, Acts 2, 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. That's born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. For the promises unto you and to your children, the many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, that is little children, and they've known that he is the Father. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, lame walk captive, going free. Blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I and my Father are one. John 10, 30. There in John 8, 24, 6, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. These are little children. We're not full grown. They're little children. There is another growth in glory that must be obtained as overcomers. And Jesus addresses this to John in Revelation, the second and third chapter. He starts with Ephesus, Smyrna, then Pergamos, Thyatira. Revelation 3, he goes to the last three churches in Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And at that time, he says, to him that overcometh will I grant. And talks about to him that overcometh will I grant. Grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Well, we have to obtain that overcoming glory. But that's not the final glory. 
There is one more step above the overcomer that must be obtained in the sealing of God's servants in their forehead. So there is now from babies to little children, and the little children have been born of the water and the spirit, and they know that he is the father, that Jesus is the father revealed. He's the image of his person. He's the image of the invisible God. He is express, the express image of his singular person. That's little children. Then they go to overcomers. What are the overcomers? Well, the overcomers is mentioned. All of them are mentioned in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. And John mentions it in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And we see that in I write unto you young men because the word of God is strong in you. And I write to you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. And that is a capitalized. Why? Because they've overcome the world, the devil, and their own flesh. They crucified the flesh with the affections of the lust. These are the ones that are candidates and will obtain to the sealing of God in their foreheads. That will be used for the work of the ministry in the last days, these days, with the gospel of the kingdom, of this gospel of the kingdom, not a false gospel. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. We see that most of the prophets, he said, are like the foxes in the desert, for they have not made up the gap, nor stood in the hedge for the people, for the children of Israel, to stand in the day of the battle of the Lord not realizing that this sword will be upon all flesh, Ezekiel 21. It says the prophets are vain or treacherous. It says they have not gnawed the bone till the marrow. The marrow, that's not the marrow, the bone, the marrow, sufficient to the marrow is the evil thereof. The godly man uh, ceases and the righteous man perishes. None's considering he's taken from the evil which is to come. That is the work of the ministry that we are called for in Ephesians 4. Now, what is this mystery of this olive tree? It is all salvation that he promised. That what Adam would have had if he had not sinned, if he had not eaten of the tree of knowledge, but he did. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Now, sin reigns by death. But now grace, Jesus has brought in. Grace and truth came by him. And now grace reigns through righteousness, through Jesus coming down, giving us the way, the truth, and the life. And the forerunner has already entered in, showing us the way, the truth, and the life as we walk in him. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, Then we have fellowship one with another. That's the blood flow in the body of Christ. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That requires us walking in present truth. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So there is a preparation going on now. And the olive tree, he says that all Israel will be saved, not only the church, spiritual Israel, but natural, nation, national Israel will be saved also. 
And Paul goes on and says, Who hath given God, or it be recompensed unto God again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Oh, the mind of the Lord, and who hath been his counselor? This is excellent working. This is the work, which is a strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. He's doing, not only fulfilling the promise of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph of Genesis 12, of a national Israel, that all the nations of the earth will be blessed in them, a place that is only half the size of Texas. A very small nation, yet it is the center focal point in the Middle East. And why? Because he said it'll be a cup of trembling into all the nations. And why does, does everyone in the nations of the world, the worldly government, hate Israel because of this promise? He has promised that to national Israel. Therefore, they want to destroy national Israel, which will mean that they will have their own government. That is how the Antichrist will forecast his devices in the last days and have indignation against them that forsake the holy covenant. What is that holy covenant? Jesus Christ given a covenant to the people, but he's going to confirm that covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he, not the devil, God himself will cause a sacrifice and oblation to cease. Jesus did that on the cross. He took the ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. Who is that new man? 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam is made a quickening spirit, small s. Why? That man saved you. If you're in him, by him, and, and through him, we have our being, our essence, our salvation, our redemption, our justification, our sanctification, and ultimate glorification. If we grow in him from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That is so essential. So we're saying that that mystery of the olive tree is he's going to save not only the church, but national Israel as well. Somebody said, well, natural Israel will be in the church and it's just for gifts and calling of God without repentance. He didn't say that they were automatically in the church. He said that he gave them the promise of a nation, a national Israel. And he will and has always when will provide that in the millennial reign where all nations, Babylon, Assyria, Egypt, all will be blessed in Israel. All God's suppliants will be blessed in Israel, the nation Israel. And the Lord himself will reign and rule out of Jerusalem. Fulfilling the promise that he spoke unto David in, in uh, Psalm 132.11, the Lord hath sworn unto David and will not turn from it that of the fruit of thy body, David, according to the flesh, will I, God, set upon thy throne. What? Reigning and ruling in the nations, in the earth for 1,000 years. What's the church called for? To reign with him as kings and priests and reign with him in the earth. 
Now, when we talk about, we have to distinguish the church from the nations. God has promised Israel, you will rule and reign in the earth and all nations will be blessed in you. He fulfills that promise to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph by the millennial reign where he will reign and rule over all the earth and all nations be blessed in Israel. Now, if we turn to Genesis 12, we'll see that promise that God gave to Abraham and spoke to him of a great nation. You'll see that in uh, in Genesis 12. The Lord said in Abram, not before, this is Abram, father of height, before he's got the ha, uh, that fifth letter of the Hebrew ABC theory, which is that H, that, that ha spirit. You have to say it through the abdominal ha. Uh, it is uh, Abraham. It, it's the ha, it's the spirit. Well, this is Abram, father of height, and he's going to receive that through circumcision. And it says, and the Lord, now the Lord had said unto Abram, watch those nows. When he says now, that is present truth. Uh, now faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. Now that God is eternal. He is the I am, that I am. Uh, notice that singular uh, personal pronoun, I means that he is a self-existent, eternal God Almighty in Exodus 3. I am that I am. What is your name? Uh, I am that I am. Well, I am shows and that he is uh, uh, the absolute one, I. Uh, and M, he is eternal, everlasting. And he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That means that he makes covenants and, and, and that, uh, 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 that he cannot, faith, he is faithful and true, uh, that he cannot lie, uh, that these are two immutable uh, truths that God swore by himself because he swear by no greater. He she but himself sworn seven times over uh, this covenant. That covenant given to the people is Jesus. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is Jehovah, is salvation. He is that Jehovah. He's not Jehovah Jr. He's not the second person of the Godhead. I am that, that, that is, this, this, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. It's everything that God has in his essence, being, plans, purpose, and will, thought, everything being brought and uh, to the praise of his glory. None of ours, but his. It is a self-existent, eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God Almighty that he is, and it's not I was or I will be, but I am. He is infinite. He is uh, in the eternal, not subject to that fourth dimension of time. He is infinite. Uh, He is. I am that I am. And that is God Almighty. And that's the reason Jesus said, uh, before Abraham was, I am, because he is that God. All right. And Genesis 12, the Lord, now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house and to a land that I will show thee. Now, Canaan is going to be promised him, which means humiliated. I will make 
of thee a great nation. This is the national promise to Israel. And this is a well, the well of an oath, Beersheba, Beer, well, Sheba, that God has sworn seven times over, seven himself in the oath, Sheba, seven. And this Abimelech and Phicol uh, came to Abraham and uh, stole that well, Beersheba. And Abraham, Abraham gave, gave Abimelech and Phicol seven ewe lambs and say, this be witness between me and the seven at Sheba. This be witness between me and you that I have digged this well. This is God's word. This is a well of an oath. And this goes down to from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob during Jacob's well, etc. On down. And somebody said, well, what about all the famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beasts, all these things and plagues and, and uh, uh, tsunamis and, and COVID-19 and coronavirus and Ebola and HIV and all these other plagues. It's just going to uh, increase as uh, it goes over. It's going to be uh, augmented greater and greater. Why? Because these are birth pangs. When all these sorrows begin to come to pass, these birth pangs, it's not for the annihilation or destruction of the earth. It is for the church, the woman. Somebody said, well, that's national Israel. No, it's not. The woman in the word of God is the church. And this uh, great sign in heaven, this great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun, that's a sun of righteousness that will rise with healing in his wings. It's a light of God. And she was clothed with the sun, the moon and under her feet, those are the lunations, the feast of the Lord, the feast of charity. Uh, there from Passover, uh, Shavat and Sukkoth. And these are the feast of the, the three seasons of God and the seventh feast of the Lord and under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Well, that's the reason why the son of righteousness, the son will have 12 months, 12 moons, 12 lunations in them in the Maseroth. And he'll take the ordinance of the Maseroth and put them in the earth. He'll bend heaven down to make all the ordinances in the earth, uh, manifest the, a uh, woman clothed with the sun and moon and under feet upon her head, a crown of 12 stars is the fullness coming to that measure of the statue of Jesus that it's time for her to bring forth. And she cried, travailing in pain to be delivered and brought forth a man child. That man child is that same child that, that Paul saw, a man caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. But such one caught up to the third heaven and saw things. Those are the things of faith. That was unlawful for a man to speak. This is why in Hebrews 9 verse 5, these cherubim of glory overshadowing, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now, Paul said, we cannot now speak particularly. Why? Because faith is now, and it's not time for it yet. It's unlawful until the time that it's to come. Paul didn't run out of time and have to look at a time clock or just say, oh, we're running out of time. No. It was not the season for it. And Paul was one born out of due season. Well, that means that he saw things not behind him, but that were ahead of him that was unlawful for him to speak. He was 9-5. Well, that is 
that olive trees and the candlesticks, the two candlesticks, two olive trees in in Revelation 11. We're also going to see that he says in Haggai that that uh, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, will be for a signet, a sign, a sealing. Well, this is uh, the two sons of all of Zechariah 4. These are the two anointed ones. These are the two olive branches. They're the two olive branches. And we're going to see that Israel will have a nine-branched menorah rather than a seven-branch. Why? Because of the two sons of all, the two anointed ones. They set at Peshach a chair for Elijah uh, because they know that he will come back and restore all things. So every Passover, they're going to put a chair for Elijah uh, there. In the last days, we know that there is in Zechariah 3, we see Joshua, Yeshun, uh, son of Josedek, righteous, before the Lord God Almighty and Satan comes to resist him. And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord did it, not Joshua. The Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And this is a brand plucked out of the fire. These are the cherubim. This is a church coming into higher glory. The brand plucked out of the fire. A brand, what? For the sealing, for, for ownership, a brand. We're going to brand this, a seal plucked out of the fire. And they said, give him a change of raiment. They took the filthy garments off of him. That's his the Pentecostal glory because now we're going into a higher level. And they gave him a change of raiment. With them, we find in Zechariah 4, what are these? What are these two olive branches? What are these two olive branches? We can say, well, that could be that bush, you know, that God was in that burning bush in Exodus 3. And Moses, take off the shoes from off your feet. For the ground you stand on is holy. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am that I am. Deliver my people. And we find that Moses is in Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses. Remember, Jeremiah. God's remembered. And then we see Zerubbabel. Moses. Remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah. Well, we have two there. Joshua, the son of Josedek, and Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel. There's two. There's your two witnesses. What I'm saying to you and the two olive trees, those are the two witnesses. The two olive trees speak of the cherubim of glory. And there's an olive branch on one side of the seven golden candlesticks and another one on the other side. And we find in Zechariah 4 that there is a great bowl. And out of the bowl, seven pipes going to the seven lamps of the candlesticks, which is a church. Normally, we have a half egg of beaten olive oil that will go into the three knobs of bowls on each of the branches and four knobs of bowls in the center branch to feed the seven lamps there to give light over against the sanctuary. But now we're finding the lampstand, the, the candlestick within the veil. The two olive trees in within the veil. So I'm going to submit to you that the two olive trees and the two candlesticks are one and the same church. Somebody said, well, no, one's Israel and one's uh, uh, national Israel and the other one's spiritual Israel. No. 
there's only one tree. You're either in that tree as a graft, graft in natural branch that you're, you're in it uh, naturally and you stood there believing and receiving your Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, born of the water and the spirit, going on in glory to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, or you've been cut off in part and then a wild olive branch of that wild olive, literally the Gentile, graft in. But that's still only one olive tree. So in this olive tree, we have both Genesis 12 and Genesis 15. We have a national Israel right now. So we can say, as goes Israel, so goes the church. Yes, because he's going to save all of Israel, all of Israel. And national Israel, as well as spiritual Israel. But the church is the church, and national Israel is national Israel. There is no replacement theology. And with that said, we find in Genesis 15, we, there's a promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to Abraham. Notice he says, uh, I'll make you a great nation. This is Genesis 12. And I will bless you and make thy name great, Israel, and thou shalt be a blessing. We're going to find Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob then wrestles with the angel. And then Genesis 48, he's called the redeeming angel, the angel that redeemed thee, which is the Lord. And at that time, he changes his name from Jacob, heel planter, heel planter, deceiver, heel catcher to Israel. As a prince, you've had power with God or he will rule with God. Israel. And notice verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That will happen in the millennial. That's not May the 14th, 1948. Now true, that Israel has remained a people for over uh, the, the over 4,000 years, etc., all the way back to, uh, to Abraham, 4,500 in in four days up to the cross, two days after the cross or 6,000 years. The covenant with Israel stands today and cannot be disannulled. But we find in Genesis 15 a promise to Abram. He's already had the promise of the nation and all families of the earth. That is everyone. That is Europe. That is all of Germania. That is uh, the Americas, every nation will be blessed in Israel. But that's the millennial. But here in Genesis 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came into Abram. Notice oh, it's not there yet, circumcision. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That's Issachar. My buckler, my shield, my, my heart, my reward. And what he says, and Abram said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold to me thou hast given no seed, the seed of Abraham. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, this is the air. And if we, as overcomers, we overcome, him that overcometh will inherit all things. There's your inheritance. 
as seeds of Abraham, children of Abraham, but he, the children of faith, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Well, that's the reason we have Jesus. That through the genealogy of Jesus Christ, we begin in Matthew 1. These are the generations of Jesus Christ. And we have 42 generations. 14 generations from Abraham to David. He's the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. Watch that lineage. Then from the seed of David to the carrying away to Babylon. Another 14 generations. And then another 14 generations unto Christ. But we find that in that third section of the generations, Jesus, instead of Joseph, who was uh, born Jesus, who is called Christ. All right. That Mary, the husband of Joseph, Mary, the husband of Joseph, who was born Christ, not of Joseph, but of Mary, who is called Christ. Well, Jesus is the 13th in that, in that third 14 generation section or the 40, 41st generation is Jesus. Then Christ is that 42nd generation showing us that seed that we as uh, the body of Christ in obedience are seed of Abraham as Paul stay, stated in telling the church through obedience that we will overcome and reign and rule with the Lord Jesus Christ during the millennium. But it's very important that there will still be a distinction between the church and national Israel. Now, he promised him that seed, and he says, uh, he, he brings forth a promise. He said, Behold, the world that came in and saying, This shall not be thine heir, but these shall come out of thine own bowels, shall be thine heir. Out of thine own bowels. This is a national not a national Israel, but we're talking about the seed of Abraham out of his own bowels. So the seed of Abraham will be the seed of David, which is the Messiah Hamashiach. This is the Christ, the Christos. This is Jesus, uh, who is the Christ, the anointed one. And he brought him forth abroad and said, now look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be, not the nation, the seed. So we're talking about the church here. And he's going on, and he does a, a literal blood oath. And we have, how shall he know that he will inherit, inherit it? He said, take a heifer of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon, and took all of these and divided them in the midst. And laid each one against another, but the birds divided not. He So he divided those sacrifices, once here and one there, and God is going to pass through, and Abram is going to pass through, and as they pass through from the two sacrifices, one is going to walk through and around, come back around, making a figure eight, new beginnings, and God himself with burning coals of fire and lamps going to make a blood covenant with Abraham of the seed of Abraham. And at this time, the burning coals of fire and lamps is what we're going to see in that covenant. And in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, unto thy seed have I given this land. 
from the river Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, Kenizzites, the Cabanites, etc., etc. So we have a promise of national Israel and the seed, which is the church, given to Abraham. As we take a look in, uh, in the Gospels, let's go to Matthew 25. The ones that come through in obedience are going to go to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man as the church. We have to go from newborn babes to little children, and the little children then has to go to young men. Those are the overcomers. In Exodus 28, in the garments of glory and beauty for the high priest, the first signet or engraving of an engraver of a signet, of a sign, of a seal, is that according to birth. It's on the shoulders of the high priest, which is the onyx stone, one on one side of the shoulder and the other on the other side, the shoulder of the high priest, which is according to birth. Then there will be another engraving of an engraver according to a signet. That's a sign or a sealing which will be according to the tribes. This is according to doing the will of God. There'll be different colored stones. And on the different stones of the breastplate of judgment, there'll be four rows, three in each row. And each row will have a stone, different colors, means diversity of works that they're going to do. And the 12 tribes of Israel now written, not, not on uh, the onyx stones according to birth, which are all no respect of persons. But now there's diversity. On that breastplate of judgment on the high priest, we have four rows, three in each row, and we have different colored stones depicting the work that each one will do. Under the, under the, the tribe of Judah, which will be on that first, on that, uh, uh, first stone there in that first row, going right to left, will be Judah, is a car of Zebulun. And under the Judah, we'll have lion. A lion will be the standard. Uh, that will be the predominant standard. Second row. Uh, so uh, we're going from the uh, uh, Yusard stone uh, there to the 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 Jasper stone, the sardine, the, sar, the sardine stone, sardine stone, uh, there to the to the Jasper stone, and we're going to find in Revelation four these are reversed, and we're going to see that on the Sardius, which is the praise Judah to praise to be celebrated, that that's going to be behind the Jasper. Jasper is the last stone of that breastplate of judgment, which has Naphtali or the cross, my wrestlings, the cross. In heaven, they've made the first, last, and the last first. Now the jasper stone is first, and the sardis stone is last. They're showing us that now he has perfected that body of Christ in Revelation 4, 5, and we're going to see the living creatures there. And these living creatures we're going to see are those of the cherubim. In Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, these are the cherubim that come out of that fire. Remember that in Zechariah 3, that Joshua, the son of Josedek, and of that name, Joshua, Jesus, 
Well, the ones, the body of Christ, as many as been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ and are called by his holy name. And the whole family in heaven and in earth is named that name. Yeshua, Jesus, Joshua, the Old Testament Hebrew name for Jesus, Joshua, son of Josedek, righteous. And he comes uh, a brand plucked out of a fire and a change of raiment. Was the fire because the fire is going to burn up all the dross. So we see in Ezekiel 1, we find that these four living creatures, these four living creatures come out of the fire that was enfolding itself, and they have an appearance of a man, Ezekiel 1, verse 5. And their appearance was the appearance of a man, and they four had their four faces the four faces of a lion, man, ox, and eagle just so happens to be the same as the breastplate of judgment. In the first row of the sardine was written Judah, which was a lion, and that lion of the tribe of Judah. The second row will be Reuben, Simeon, Gad, which be a man on the south count. And then on the westward count, uh, we're going to have Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benoni, or Benjamin, and there, which will be the ox, and then on the northern tribe, we're going to have that standard of Dan, Asher, Naphtali, of an eagle. First serpent, then it changed to an eagle. Now, lion, man, ox, and eagle. We're seeing these under the tribes, and we see in Exodus, Exodus 3, I am that I am. And he said to Abram in this promise, and he talked about, remember my servant Moses. He tells Moses, there at the burning bush in Exodus 6, he said, now, Abraham knew me as, uh, uh, as God Almighty. We find that in Genesis, uh, I think it's Genesis 17. In Genesis, he says to God Almighty. Now, but he said, by my name Jehovah was I not made known to him as I do to you, Moses. Now, that's a tetragrammaton. It's a yot ha waha But it has that Jehovah, and it's all capital letters that you'll see in Exodus 6. Why? Because now we have a, a wa, a bath, a six. And that means to connect, uh, uh, to join to, God to man, heaven to earth. It's joining together. So in Moses, he gives him a law and Moses is going to deliver his people out of uh, Egypt. He's told Abraham, your people, your seed's going to go into bondage uh, for over 400 years. And then after that, I'm going to deliver them. Then I'm going to judge that nation that put them in bondage. And now we have Moses. Moses now has a revelation of the Tetragrammaton, the yod ha wah or the yod ha bab ha Yehovah, or Yahweh. Jehovah in the in the uh, uh, King James Version. So there we have the name Jehovah. And Moses is given that name in Exodus 6 that there is a covenant relationship now in deliverance of his people from Egypt. Not God Almighty. God, Elohim, Almighty, El Shaddai, but 
Jehovah, the Yod Ha Waha, the Tetragrammaton, which means them in covenant with you in deliverance. And this, Moses, is given there the law uh, after he works deliverance there, brings them out of Egypt, they go to Sinai, he receives the law. Now, we find in Exodus, there in that promise, that no more will they say, blessed be the Lord God which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. Well, somebody said, well, that would be the greatest thing it could ever be if I could have seen the judgments upon every God of uh, Egypt and saw God's great deliverance and how he brought them out and destroyed every God in Egypt that I would definitely serve him. But this last day work will be so far greater, so much more greater in power and glory that no more will they say, blessed be the Lord God that's brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind. But yea, rather, blessed be the Lord God which brought up his people out of the land north, south, east, and west, whithersoever I had driven them. Diaspora, the scattering of God's people. They did it in the former rain. They were abode at Jerusalem all the apostles for all the saints of God were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. In the last days, it will be the same in the last great reign of his strength. He said, after his, God has accomplished the scatter the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished. And that's after a time, times, and dividing the time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days, uh, that time, times and a half there. And God then will gather all his people in one. That's the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world, which is the mystery of uh, of the the tree that, that we have in the olive tree. The mystery of the olive tree. And this mystery that's been revealed to us in the last days that all of Israel will be saved. Not only will he save national Israel and literally give them the whole earth and reigning and ruling in the earth and he will literally Jehovah Shammah the Lord be there and the Lord is there is present reigning and ruling out of Jerusalem but he will also the church will be saved the second time without sin and salvation when he comes at the second advent for the salvation of his saints and Paul said oh the power and the glory and the wisdom of God Almighty. Yes, that is the mystery of the olive tree. That is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world. That is the mystery that he has now, that mystery of God in this Christ in you, the hope of glory, and the seed that we are Abraham's seed according to that promise in Genesis 15. In that last day work, we're finding in Revelation 4 and 5, we see the same living creatures. We see the same living creatures there in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. But what is the example there? What is the way? What is the truth? The truth is that after Adam fell in Genesis 3, that God set cherubim, plural, at the east end of the garden of God to keep the way of the tree of life. Now we know the way, the truth, and the life is none other than Jesus Christ. But that's a capital C. Notice that. 
It's a capital C, cherubim. That God said at the east end of the garden of God, cherubim, capital C. Well, that's the four faces of Jesus Christ, which is but one. And we find that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So the same glory that Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah, he is that line in Matthew. He is that perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He is that suffering servant, the ox, in Luke, the gospel according to the physician Luke. And he is that eagle in John. Lion, man, ox, and eagle, there's the four faces of Jesus in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John showing and revealing his four faces. The same now, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? Because now in Exodus, I'm sorry, in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, we have coming out of the fire, coming out of this fire, burning its ember, enfolding itself, four living creatures. And these four living creatures, the appearance of them is the appearance of a man, that is Jesus Christ. They look like him. They're going to talk like him. They're going to be exactly like Jesus, conformed to his image. And those will be the ones that will be used for the work of the ministry in these last days. Not just any old member of the church, but those that have gone from babies to little children, little children to overcomers, overcomers to fathers. And the fathers will turn the hearts to the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse, Malachi 4, being revealed in the earth. That is the olive tree, the mystery of the olive, that olive tree. But yet now we said there's two olive trees and two candlesticks in Revelation 11. Well, I thought there was only one olive tree. You're either graft in or you're either in it or you're not. That's true. But why two? Because two is the number of witness. And I'll give power to my two witnesses, not two men, two witnesses. The witnesses there is the same word for mortars. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, mortars unto me. Sealing your testimony with your own blood. If a man believes something, he must be willing to die for it. No, he doesn't believe it. And that's the reason why that the blood of the saints is the seedbed of the church. The more you persecute it, the greater it glow, grows. There we have the Zoe, the living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, land, lion, man, calf, and eagle which are the same as the lion, man, ox, and eagle in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. And we see 
that these come out of fire, just like Joshua, the son of Josedek, is a brand plucked out of a fire. In Zechariah 3, so these, in Zechariah 3, so these, in Ezekiel 1, are coming out of a fire enfolding itself. Why? It's through the fire of the Holy Ghost, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. That means that all the dross has been literally burned out through the fire of cleansing. These come forth, and they forehead their four faces, the face of a lion, man, ox, and eagle. And we'll go into depth in these later on of the olive trees, uh, which are the cherubim of glory in 1 Kings 6, 23, which are the cherubim. Ten cubits high, not the cherubim in the mercy seat. Look toward the mercy seat and of the mercy seat. Out of a beaten uh, work of gold. But these are the colossal cherubim of glory. Ten cubits high with a wingspan, each wing being five cubits wide. The whole width of the wall of the most holy place, it places 20 cubits. Well, from wall to wall is 20 cubits. In the middle, we have the testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, the testimony with the two cherubim at the east, uh, either end of the mercy seat, looking toward each other, and they're in the mercy seat of the mercy seat, looking toward the mercy seat, looking toward the blood. But these are two colossal, 10 cubits high, olive trees overlaid with gold. Olive trees lets us know that three, all trees, there are men. It speaks of flesh, but they're overlaid with gold, which is the glory of God. The glory of God will come upon you. The ministers will be for fire and the Holy One over you for a flame. We'll get into the work of the ministry and what these uh, olive trees, the candlesticks, do. Two is for witness. The olive tree is but one. Well, there's two candlesticks, but there's only one church. You're either in that church. But why two? Because that's the two for witnesses. I give power to my two witnesses. What's the witnesses? It's the corporate body of Christ. And that's the reason why in Revelation 11, when you see Revelation 11, 8, and I give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy for 42 months. Time, times half, three and a half years. So at the very time that the devil comes out in Jacob's trouble and wears out the patience of the saints and prevails against them for 42 months, time, times half, three and a half years, that very same time of great tribulation, God raises up a standard against them in the fullness and power and glory of God. Not where it's all just a uh, hold on. I hope you can make it to the end because evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse and the blood of the saints and the prophets are found in her and they're killing the saints. But over here, God has lifted up a great standard during that time of Revelation 10, 11, and 12. That man child is birthed and they go out and preach this everlasting gospel all the world for a witness in all nations. And that is not two men. We find that it says there in the, in the uh, King James Version, it's going to say, and their bodies, it's going to have bodies. But we're going, you'll see in the, in the Darby translation, the Coptic translation uh, of the Word of God uh, there in 
Revelation uh, 11, uh, verse 8, that it's going to say, and their dead bodies, it'll be their dead body, singular. It's Toma, P-T-O-M-A, singular, one body. Carcass, corp, not bodies. Why? Because, and it says their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Somebody say he wasn't crucified in Sodom and Egypt. Yes, but the spirit of it. He is crucified outside the city on Golgotha, Calvary. Here, and both there in that bodies is Toma. And they of the people very next verse, verse 9, and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half. That's not three days and a half days. It's going to be a significant spiritual number. Not just three days, but three and a half, which means the middle of the week. And shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. The first two in bodies in Revelation 11, verse 8, and their dead bodies is Toma. That is a singular body. P-T-O-M-A. And in verse 9, and the, they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies. Again, singular. Now it says bodies, plural, in the KJV, but in the original Greek, it says P-T-O-M-A, Toma, singular, body. And three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies. Now that is Toma, Ta. That is plural now. So the first two bodies are singular, Toma, and then will not suffer their dead bodies, plural, to be put in graves, Tomata. So there we see that that is a corporate body. How do we know that? Because in John 8, they came to Jesus. John 8, 13. They said to Jesus, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Now, there's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. Heis. It's a Greek word meaning self, same, exactly one, and the self, same, spirit. Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, these three are one. They're exactly the same. Not whom, not in a union, but heis, H-E-I-S. There, Jesus, that's the record, they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. John 8, 13. You bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. You're one singular man. And you've got to have two. Because everything is done and settled in the mouth of two or three witnesses. You have to, God sent them out two by two. Why? That's your witness. Always. There, that's the reason Paul, whenever Barnabas and him had a great uh, 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 dissension between them of John Mark, that uh, Barnabas said, I'll take John Mark and go my way. Let's go back and see the churches again, see how they do. And Paul took silence. No small dissension between them. Well, John Mark had left the work, and Barnabas said he was going to take John Mark, and Paul said no. 
Well, they're going back again and uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, see how the churches were doing uh, that they had been to. Well, this, this witness of Jesus, this testimony of Jesus, you bear record of yourself, Jesus. Your record's not true. That's in John 8, 13. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. You're not alone. Well, just like Paul grabbed Silas and went with him, why didn't Paul just go by himself? Because everything established with two witnesses. He never set out one alone. And all the ministers think you're going to go out there alone and not join the body of Christ and think you're going to get a great ministry and have got some rude awakenings. You will be flipped. That's the reason everything has to be a settle, settle in the mouth of two witnesses. He said about two by two and the, the being attached to that body which he compacted together, whichever joint supplies to identifying himself in love. We have to have that joint supplying the supply of the Spirit. You have to be joined in and the flow of the body of Christ. Out there alone, you cannot do it. So if you're going to try to get it on your own, I'm telling you, you must get in the body of Christ of whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. And that's the only way that it can be done. So you do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. And so much the more as you see they approaching. Why? Because the body of Christ has to come together in the unity of the faith, not a denomination. In the unity of the faith to the edifying of itself in love. That body has to come together and the devil is doing everything he can to separate it through denominations or whatever. Nothing against denominations, but God will break down every wall and bring his body into one that those that have an ear to hear. Now, with that said, in John 8, 13, they say, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I'm not alone. Well, you look like you're alone. There's only one person standing there, Jesus, and you're it. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. Now, here comes Revelation. He said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. That's the reason there has to be two olive trees, two candlesticks. They're one and the same. One olive tree, which is the church. Candlestick, that's the church. We find that told the candlesticks are the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. Revelation 1. It hadn't changed. God's truths are immutable. They are always and never changes. Always. Exactly as he stated it. It is what it is. In other words. Therefore, Jesus said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. There he is in his own body of flesh and blood. That's the body. But now, Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. I am that light. I am that body. In the volume of the book, it's written to me, I come to do thy will of God for a body thou hast prepared me. Because Jesus came in the flesh there, now he can bring many brethren into that sanctuary. He can bring many brethren into his body, the church. He's the head, we the body. 
but it's only in him, by him, and through him that we're in there. Not of our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. It's written in your law, the testimony of two. Now notice he went from record, he went to the testimony of two men is true. There's your testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19.10, which is the spirit of prophecy. And the spirit of prophecy is essential to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the Revelation, the 66th book in your Bible. And that spirit of prophecy is essential and has to be through the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us into all truth. That spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. If you believe that God is true, you have set to your seal that God is true. That testimony of Jesus. You have set to your seal that sealing of God, that God is true. There, Jesus said, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. That's a mystery of that olive tree. That's a ministry of that candlestick. There's only one church. One, one body. One body. One faith. One Lord. One spirit. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father, above all, through all, and in us all. But yet he's saying two there, two witnesses, two olive tree, two candlesticks. Why? Because it's witness. I give power to my two witnesses, corporate body. And we said that those bodies that they interpreted plural are toma, P-T-O-M-A, which is singular body, carcass, corpse, body. The actual toma, singular body. And the first two bodies there in Revelation 11, 8 and 9 are toma. Then see their dead bodies. So their dead bodies with their then plural showing us it is a corporate body. Well, Jesus stated the same in, in John 8, 13. He said, it's written your law. This is John 8, 13 through 27. It's written your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. Now he's going witness, not record. He went witness. I'm one that beareth witness of myself. So Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. The expedient, I go away. Because if I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. But when he did come, now we are the body of the Christ with Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus ahead, we the body of the Christ. How many bodies? One body. One body. But he said, well, there's two witnesses. Yes, because he's going to use the corporate body of Christ. There's two witnesses. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So Jesus brings this truth to us, showing us in the days of his flesh who the two witnesses are. One, I'm one. It's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I'm one that bears witness of myself. There's your first witness, the body. You said, you can see me. I bear witness of myself. That's the body of Christ. That's the body of your flesh and blood body you see. And my father that sent me he beareth witness of me. There's your other witness. The Father? Yes, that Spirit? There's your other witness. Well, immediately, because they did not want to give Jesus the glory of the Father, said, where is your Father? Jesus said, if you don't know me, you should have known my Father also. 
He goes on to say, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. He's telling them, I am the Father of glory. Moreover, carry it on a little bit. Jesus said, these words spake Jesus and the treasury, no man laid hands on him because his hour has not yet come. Moreover, Jesus said, I go my way. Whether I go, you cannot come. Where's he going? To the Father. They said, will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Is he going to kill himself? Jesus said, John 8, 24, except, hey, what's the question? Where is your father? Where is thy father? Jesus said in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he. That other witness, that spirit, you think I'm only one body here, but that church, it's one body that you're seeing, one church out there. But what they don't see is a Christ in you. That's the other witness. That's the other witness. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is that witness. Therefore, it says there, Jesus said, I'm one that beareth witness of myself, and my Father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. And Jesus states right there, except you believe that I am he, John 8, 24, the Father of glory, ye shall die in your sins. The revelation of Jesus is essential for salvation. This they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. The mystery of the olive tree is that all Israel will be saved. Genesis 12 is a national Israel. Genesis 15, the spiritual Israel, the church. There is no replacement theology. If you look over here, that all Israel will be saved, but we find over here in Matthew 25 that at the last he is going to put nations, the righteous nations on his right hand, those are the sheep, and the wicked nations on his left hand. Those are nations. And he's going to say to those, enter into the kingdom that I have prepared for you on the right hand. What kingdom? That's that thousand-year millennial kingdom age. They are still subject unto death. The death is not, is not done, and the last enemy that destroyed is death after the millennial. The church, though, however, is changed in a moment and twinkling an eye at the last trump. That's not the seventh trump, the seventh trump, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. That's not the seventh trumpet of the last trumpet in Revelation, which is a woe, woe, woe trumpet to the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three trumpets which are yet to sound. That's the trump of God, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. That's that shout that all that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live at that last day. There, Jesus is telling them that I'm going to give to the promise of of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, that all of Israel, those that were affrighted of the escape of the nations, not the church, those that escape of the nations, the Lord will not destroy. They will go into the millennial as the righteous nations. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not eternal salvation, but saved from that wrath of God and they will go into the millennial as the righteous nations. 
and they will be gathered on the right hand and left of Jesus Christ. The sheep on the right, the goats on the left, and the nations will go into that what kingdom I have prepared for you. What is that? That is Israel ruling over all the nations of the earth will be blessed in Israel. Jesus will set up his throne. You'll see there that Jesus stated, you know, Peter came to him and said, Lord, we've forsaken all. Left house and land, wife, what shall we have therefore? Look at, if you will, Matthew 19 and Jesus to take a look at verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Behold, we have forsaken all. We followed you. What shall we have therefore? Jesus said unto them, all the disciples, Verily I say unto you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration, in that restitution of all things, in that thousand year millennial reign, no one lived to be a thousand years. Thousand is perfected glory. And that's the reason in Psalm 8, Canticles 8, you see that Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman, the possessor of multitude. All the keepers of the vineyard, 200. But Solomon, you must have a thousand. Thousand is perfection. That's the reason that no one lived to a thousand years because that would be perfection. Methuselah lived 969 years. Methuselah, Selah. After he dies, Matthew, it shall be seen. But in the millennial, they will go and live to 1,000 years. The promise that what Adam would have had if he had not sinned, Israel will have in that restoration, restitution of all things, that, that paradise lost will be restored. That is the promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in Genesis 12 of a nation and all the nations of the earth be blessed in Israel. So he's telling Peter in that regeneration, in that thousand year millennial reign, when the son of man shall set in, in, not on, in the throne of his glory, all power in heaven and earth, ye also shall set upon 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So every nation, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, every nation that is now saved, not in the church, but in the millennial, still subject unto death, but the Satan bound a thousand, thousand years, so there'll be no tempter. The child will die. They'll say, oh, but he was only a child. He was a hundred years old. The uh, the lion eating straw, the wolf and the lamb uh, uh, not destroying at all, lying down together, not destroying at all in his holy mountain. Right there, he tells Peter and all those you will, what? Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You'll be judges over them. And there are several scriptures that you will see uh, there in the nations in Zechariah 14, each of those nations will come up each month to Jehovah Shammah, to the temple of the Lord God Almighty. You'll go in one way and go out south and go out the north. You'll go in. You will always go out a different way you come in because you're going higher in glory. Look at Micah. Uh, it, it is very, very important that the, Jesus said, 
to say ye to whom the word of God has come that you are God's. Judges, Elohim, small e. But say ye of whom that God has sanctified and said to the world that I blaspheme because I say I'm the son of God. What is that? What is sanctified and said to the world? The word, the word, the father of glory, the word made flesh. Well, Jesus, here we find in Micah, this is a millennial scripture. And he says, in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord of hosts shall be established in the top of the mountains. Those are kingdoms. And it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. Every one of the people of the nations will flow into it. And many nations, nations, they're all blessed in Israel, shall come, come and say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's where the Lord will reign out of. We will be reigning with the Lord, some over five cities, some over ten cities, according to what you have done, and the word of God in your reward, your higher your reward uh, from the Lord, different uh, rewards that he gives you, different depths of hell, different rewards in heaven. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. It'll be a utopia with Jesus reigning and ruling. Now, what I want you to see is coming in the next two verses. And they shall set every man under the vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. He spoke it in Genesis 12. This is, a, this is the procuring of it. This is the establishing of it in the world. Look at verse 5. For all people shall walk everyone in the name of his God. That's the judge, the Elohim, of which we are. Some will be over a ruler over five cities, some over ten cities. There, Lord, I've got these five talents, so I've gained another five. I've got ten talents, so I've gained another ten. Well done, thy good and faithful servant, be thou over ten cities. Be thou a ruler over five cities. And those of the church, we will reigning and ruling, judging over judges, God's judges, over those tribes of Israel, all the nations of the earth, being blessed in Israel, every one of those nations, all the people will walk in the name of his God, his judge. Well, why? Because we have new names. What name? It is a higher name of the revelation of Jesus. He said, I give him a white stone where he's written a new name that only he knows that receives it. I'll write upon him the what? The name of my God and the, and the name of the new Jerusalem upon, upon him. And I'll give him a rod to rule the nations. As a vessel of a potter shall they be beaten to shivers. And he, giving the morning star, you will reign and rule over the nations if you're in the body of Christ, the church. Now, Israel, the nation, is still occupying this earth for a thousand years and still subject to death if they transgress against the Lord. Well, he had died only. He died. He was 100 years old, but he was just a child. Now, the church, it says, we 
all people walk in the name of his God, that is the judge that God has put over them. And we, that is the church, will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. That is Micah 4, verse 5. Now, it goes on, and every nation of the, of the world will come in monthly. There, all nations of them that are saved in Zechariah 14 to the Lord. All of them. And everything in the bundles of horses will be holiness unto the Lord. For all shall know him from the least to the greatest. For the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas, just as the Lord promised. So that is the mystery of the olive tree. There's only one. But there's two olive trees. Yes, the two olive trees are the two cherubim of glory. First Kings 6, 23. That is the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. In Hebrews 9, 5, of which now Paul said we cannot speak particularly. Why? Because that cherubim is the work of the ministry. Those are the zoe of the living creatures in Revelation 6, verse 1. And with one of the four beasts, the four living creatures, which are the redeemed of the Lord, singing the song of the redeemed, saying, come and see. They're the ones preaching the everlasting gospel, saying, come and see. The ones that are counted worthy of that kingdom that are going to reign and rule with Jesus Christ as kings and priests, and they will be called God's little G-O-D-S. Don't, please don't misrepresent this word. We will never be God. We will never be the Elohim, capital E, only he is God. He is set down in that throne. We are setting up on those thrones. Setting on the thrones as he gets us to set upon his throne in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even as he overcome and he's set where? Revelation 3.20 set down with the Father in his throne. There he is God and him alone. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He's present. We will be judges. Just as Paul said, do you not know that we will judge angels? There it is in the millennium. God's little G-O-D-S, the Elohim. Two wings, they cover the feet. Two wings, they cover the eyes. And two wings, they did fly. That's the Elohim. That is the Zoe, the living creatures. Those are the redeemed of the Lord. And they are the ones that are preaching the everlasting gospel as a witness to all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end come. Then we reign and rule with Christ a thousand years. That's the mystery of the olive trees, which is the cherubim of glory, which is the church in its highest level as fathers. Tune in again, and we'll go into depth in the olive trees, the cherubim of glory, the four faces, lion, man, ox, and eagle, how we, the body of Christ, in the last days will come in the fullness and the power of that kingdom of Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, who make his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. It's not our glory when he's glorified in us and the glory of God shall rest upon each one of us. There you have it, neighbor, the mystery of the olive trees. Tune in, subscribe to the podcast, Sealing God's People. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.